The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Jesus gave a stern warning. Beware of false prophets. Why are they so dangerous? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire today. So great to start the week together. Wherever you're listening, watching, whatever day of the week, great to have you with us. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. We're going to talk about something really important, something critically important for the church to understand and get right. But I also want to put out a question for you, all right? Uh I posted this over the weekend. We got a ton of responses, well over a thousand comments and response on Facebook when I asked this question. But let me put this out for you. All right, I'm going to ask it a little differently now, and then I'm going to get to the subject of false prophets and false prophecy. But first, here's my question, and here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH. If you have not yet been vaccinated, but you were convinced that the vaccine was perfectly safe long-term, and that it would be effective in helping save your life or the lives of others, would you immediately get vaccinated? All right, speaking for you yourself, not to my little child, for you yourself. If you were sure that the vaccine was proven, tested, safe in the long term, and you truly believed that it would help save lives, either your life or the life of someone else, and you haven't been vaccinated yet, would you go out and get vaccinated. 866-348-7884. Give us a call. Let us know why the answer would be yes or why the answer would be no. Okay. We've talked a lot over the months about the failed Trump prophecies, the prophecies that guaranteed that he would serve eight consecutive years in the White House, the prophecies that guaranteed that Biden would not serve a day as president. The prophets that said for sure he would be reelected, meaning that he would continue to serve as our president, not that he'd win, but it would be stolen, rather that he would continue to be our president. We've talked about those issues, and we've said that there were people who otherwise had good track records or had no evidence of being corrupt or ungodly, and they simply got this wrong. And some of them quickly apologized for getting things wrong. We focus often on that, on, on false prophecies, words that did not come to pass. But scripturally, there's something far more, <laughs> excuse me, far more dangerous when it comes to false prophecies and false prophets. There's something far more nefarious that false prophets do. And by false prophets, I mean, as Jesus said, wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, people who have infiltrated the body for destructive purposes and are not true believers. And as I was praying last night, giving consideration, okay, where do we want to go today? Some days we have planned out well in advance with special guests that we're going to have on. Sometimes there are key topics taking place in the news, and it's self-evident to me what I need to talk about on the air. Other times it feels wide open. We could go in any of a thousand different directions, and I want to be a good steward. 
Just like your pastor gets up and prepares a message and wants to be sure that he has God's mind as much as he's able to and, and, and know what's best for the flock. Well, I want to be a good steward over this time on the air. I want to be a good steward as you're taking time out of your busy day to listen and to watch. So as I prayed and reflected, I thought it would be very important for us to focus on the subject of, of false prophets and, and what the danger of false prophets is. Now, please hear me. I am not going to play the game of the phone lines are open and everybody calls and says, what about this one? What about that one? What about this one? What about this? Is that one a false prophet? Or do you think this one's a false prophet? What I want to do, and the reason I say play the game is because you never satisfy everybody. Because there are some people that are so critical that unless you are in their tiny little camp, you yourself are a false prophet or a false teacher. I, I feel bad for those people because not only are they, they doing a disservice to the rest of the body, but they're hurting themselves because they're cutting themselves off from many fine men and women of God. But there are charlatans, there are, all first, all first, there are false prophets, and there are those who, while being believers, have, have acted in a, in a way that is dangerous. In other words, they have acted in a way that is often characteristic of what the false prophets did. So, I've, I've put this out in a form that if you're watching, you'll be able to look at the key points and you'll be able to see the key verses. But everybody, wherever you are driving in your car, jogging and listening, follow along and then you can always go back and look up all the relevant verses. So there are, there are two kinds of false prophets, two kinds of false prophets. And they're mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 13 and 14. And there the prophet says this, Moreover, I have seen unseemliness in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal and led my people astray. So one way that false prophets operated was that they prophesied in the name of false gods. They got Israel to follow other gods that were not the true God. But now look at the next verse. Look at verse 14 in Jeremiah 23. It says this, but in the prophets of Jerusalem, I've seen a horrible thing. Committing adultery and walking in lies, they strengthen the hands of evildoers. No one turns back from evil. They're all like Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. So notice that. The two types of false prophets, and Jeremiah is grieving over this beginning in verse 9 of this very important chapter. It's the longest section in the Bible dealing with false prophets. After that is Ezekiel 13. So he's saying, on the one hand, when you go north to Samaria, there's so much idolatry there, they prophesy in the name of Baal, the name of another god. But in Jerusalem, they prophesy in the name of the true god, Yahweh, but they lead the people of Judah astray. They lead them into sexual sin and, 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 and ungodly living. So both terribly destructive, but terribly different. So the false prophets who prophesy in the name of other gods and the false prophets who prophesy in the name of the true God but live sinful lives and basically encourage others in their sinfulness. So when we look at a false prophet in the Hebrew Bible, we're not talking about a sincere, God-fearing person who makes a mistake. All right? We're not talking about that. Nor would there be that level of people, just, well, just try it out sincere, God-fearing person. Well, I think I'll just try out being a prophet today. No, they, they didn't do that, all right? So, so look at this. 
in Hebrew, this is what we're talking about. Speaking falsely and presumptuously. Hebrew word is mezid, in the name of the true God. So a false prophet speaks falsely. And again, the, the Hebrew mezid means it's intentional. It's, it's willing. Falsely and presumptuously in the name of the true God. Or the other side, speaking in the name of a false God. That's not something you do just by innocent mistake. Oh, I prophesied in the name of Satan instead of the name of the Lord. I don't know how I did that. No, that's not an innocent mistake. That's willful evil. That's being so deceived that you bring others into your deception. So let's understand this very, very important point. The reason that I don't brand other brothers and sisters as false prophets is because to do so is to say that I know for a fact they are wolves in sheep's clothing. I may say I differ strongly with this, this, this in their ministry. I may say I find their teaching lacking seriously here, here, and here. I may say they prophesied things that did not come to pass, and I do not recognize this person as being a prophet. But that doesn't mean that I know that they are unsaved. It doesn't mean I know that they are hellbound right now if they were to die. It doesn't mean that I know that they are wolves in sheep's clothing, and yet that's what false prophets are. So if you ask me, Mike, what do you think about this one's teaching, this doctrine? I'll tell you, I think that's totally wrong. Now, he holds to orthodox views about salvation, etc., but this doctrine, totally wrong, I completely reject it. I'll, I'll be forthright and clear, but to call believers... Fellow believers, false prophets, I've not done that in 49 years in the Lord. Why? Because it's unscriptural. So, so note this well. Note this well. False prophets go to hell. So NB, if you ever see that, nota bene, note this well. False prophets go to hell. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. They are known by their fruits. It is one thing to prophesy falsely, in which case we say, well, you're not really a prophet. It is another thing to be a false prophet. Matthew 7, uh, 7, 15 through 20, when Jesus says they are wolves in sheep's clothing. In fact, let's, let's take a look at that passage. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 15. Watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Grapes aren't gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree produces good fruit, but the rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. So then you will recognize them by their fruit. That's why if someone is a brother or sister, but has serious error in other aspects of their ministry or teaching, I'll correct that, or I won't minister with them. Or I'll, I'll write books against what they teach, if necessary, if it's that widespread. But I won't call them a false prophet unless I know for sure, for certain, that they're wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm just trying to follow the words of Jesus. Hey, how about 1 John chapter 4? 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. What does he say there? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, to see if they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
you know the Holy Spirit or the, the Spirit of God by this. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus the Messiah has come in human flesh is from God. That every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus the Messiah has come in human flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, anti-Messiah, which you've heard is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, children. You have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, so they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Someone like Rob Bell today, I saw folks chat about him in, 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 in Facebook chat. Someone who, whether he was ever true Christian, he is clearly apostate today, and many follow him. They are from the world, so they speak from the world. The world listens to them. We are not. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Pretty clear, no? It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I I am focused here on the subject of false prophets, false prophecy, but I want to dig deeper in a moment and talk about the effects that they have on the body, the effects that they have on the world. And, And even if there are believers today I would say, no, I don't consider that person a false prophet, but I would say that sometimes even true believers operate in a way that is in harmony with a false prophetic spirit, meaning that often they can do more harm than good. Often they don't warn. Often they they put out the fires of repentance. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. I hope you find it helpful as we go through Scripture. And then I've got a question for you. And in, in fact, I'm going to go to your call shortly. But for all of those who have not yet been vaccinated, if you were sure, you felt absolutely confident that there would be no long-term negative problems with the virus, that it's completely safe, excuse me, with the vaccine, that it would be completely safe, that's number one. And number two, that you were convinced that by taking it, you would protect your own life, potentially protect other lives, would you now go out and get vaccinated? All right, 866-3487-884. If you want to call in anonymously for some reason, that's perfectly fine. If you are not presently vaccinated, but you are 100% sure that the vaccine, you know, you studied more, okay, uh, I'm sure there's enough data out. I'm sure the vaccine is safe, A, and B, I feel that it would either protect my life or help save the lives of others. Would you go out and get vaccinated if you haven't yet? Tell us why or why not. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay, one more passage. This is about false teachers. 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter says this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you. They will secretly bring in what? Destructive heresies. Not a doctrinal emphasis that's a little bit weak here, a little bit off there. No, no. Destructive heresies. They will even deny the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Now notice this, many will follow their immoral ways. So these are godless people. And as a result, the way of the truth will be maligned. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. So notice they're immoral, 
They are greedy, and they're bringing in destructive heresies. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction does not slumber. All right, so that's why I don't call another brother or sister a false prophet or a false teacher. Even even some of the worst hypercritics that seem to damn just about everybody except in their tiny little group and malign others, if they hold to an orthodox gospel of salvation, have made a clear profession of faith, and otherwise seem to be believers, I don't even call them false teachers. However, we recognize that there are whole cults founded by false prophets and false teachers, like Joseph Smith and Mormons. We, we recognize that. We recognize that there are, there are others that have great sway in the world. People love their teaching and listen to them. Oh, you're speaking for God, and they are nothing but deceived and deceiving others. But there is also a false prophetic mentality or the mindset of a false prophet. And that often fills the body. That often infiltrates the body and and infiltrates teaching and preaching and, and infiltrates pulpits. And because of that, it comes with great destruction. So let me break that down for you. And then we'll go to the phones, 866-34-TRUTH. Okay, so false prophets are ear ticklers. This is characteristic of false prophets. They are ear ticklers. Now, there are preachers and teachers abounding today, many of them, who are ear ticklers, who are not themselves false prophets. In other words, they are not hell-bound sinners, greedy, immoral, bringing in destructive heresies. However, they are ear ticklers. In other words, they, they do things that are characteristic of what false prophets do. For example, let's look at the scripture. Isaiah chapter 30, beginning in verse 10. This is what the people say to the seers and the prophets. They say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy what is right. Speak to us smooth words. Prophesy illusions. Get get out of the way. Turn away from the path. Let's hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. This is what they tell the prophets and seers. We, We don't want to hear this stuff. Don't confront us. Don't confront us with holiness stuff. Don't, don't confront us with repentance messages. Tell us nice things, things that we like to hear. Uh, take a look in Micah chapter 2. Micah chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Do not prophesy, they prophesy, unless they prophesy about such things. He will not turn back reproaches. Is it said, O house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord short of patience? Are these his deeds? Do not my words deal well with one who walks up rightly? So they're... They're saying to the prophets, don't prophesy. Look at Micah chapter 3, verse 5. This is an amazing verse. Micah chapter 3, verse 5. Again, thus says the Lord about the prophets who are misleading my people, those who bite with their teeth and cry shalom, a word that he did not put in their mouth, yet they consecrate war against him. In other words, the, the, moment, the moment you criticize what one of these false prophets is saying, or you don't pay them enough, they, you could translate the Hebrew, they, they declare a holy war against you. So they, people just, hey, just bring us the nice words, the happy words, and, and feed us the things we want to hear. And, and then look at this, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. 
Paul's charge to Timothy, for the time will come when they will not put up with sound instruction, but they will pile up for themselves teachers in keeping with their own desires to have their ears tickled, and they will turn away from hearing the truth and wander off to myths. You, whoever, keep a clear mind in all things, withstand hardship, do the work of proclaiming the good news, and fulfill your service. So uh, what I want to do is just quickly go through the effects of false prophets. And we'll come back and look at some scripture a little bit later in the broadcast, all right? But let's just take a look at this. What are the effects of false prophets, of this ear-tickling mentality? And we'll, we'll come back and look at scripture later. One is this. They superficially treat the fracture of my people. This is what God says. They superficially treat the fracture of my people. Jeremiah 6, 14, repeat it in 8, 11. That's how I would translate the Hebrew. The problem is deep. The problem is life and death. The nation is dying. And they've had a little, just a little solution. Feel better here. Everything's going to be all right. That's what false prophets do, and it's deadly. And that's what the false prophetic mindset does among God's true people. That we don't warn the way we should warn. We, we don't speak the truth plainly. Instead, we just make everything okay. Complete fracture and break. Let's just put a little Band-Aid on. Look at this. They dishearten the righteous and encourage the wicked. Ezekiel 13, 22. They dishearten the righteous. Here you are weeping and praying and on your face and repenting and seeking God. They're like, what are you doing, man? Just enjoy God, enjoy life, and what are you burdened for? And they encourage the wicked. Don't let these people judge you. Live how you want to live. You be true to you. That's what it means. You be true to you. That, that, that's the message of the false prophetic spirit. Instead of being true to God, you be true to you. How about this? False prophets put a wet blanket on the hot fires of repentance. Jeremiah 23, 14. When people are under divine conviction, when they're getting right with God, when they're turning away from sin, the false prophetic spirit comes in and says, hey, God loves you just the way you are. Everything's just fine with you and God. He doesn't see your sin. He sees you as perfectly righteous through the blood. That's the false prophetic spirit. Even coming through someone that may be sincere, they're sincerely wrong. How about this? Lamentations 2.14, they do not expose sin so as to ward off, ward off captivity. Ouch. They do not expose sin so as to ward off, ward off captivity. Terrible judgment is coming. Horrific judgment is coming. But rather than exposing sin to prevent the judgment, they said there is no judgment. God doesn't judge. All judgment was was satisfied at the cross. There's no judgment anymore. There's no future punishment. Of course not. God is love. False prophetic spirit at work once again. And then lastly, 2 Peter 2, which we just read, they lead God's people astray, both doctrinally as well as morally. So the false prophetic spirit in the body will lead God's people astray. Doctrinally, I don't mean things that we're going to differ over with eschatology or aspects of soteriology that are not, that are not core, you know, things we can debate that do not touch on the very soul of our salvation. Uh, but, but I'm talking about bringing in 
doctrines that will damn, bringing damnable heresies in, as Second Peter 2 mentions. And, and, then, and then with that, leading people astray morally. That next thing you see, hey, pastor says, no big deal. You know, what's the problem with porn? What's the problem with fooling around a little bit, not married? Somebody, hey, look, you Christians are just so uptight. You Christians are just, what's a man being with a man? What's the problem with that, a woman being with a woman? Why are you so uptight? Why are you so judgmental? False prophetic spirit. It is at work widely in the church in America today. So you have... False prophets who are wolves in sheep's clothing, who are not part of the body. They have infiltrated the body, but they are not part. Then you have a false prophetic spirit, attitude, mindset, which is spreading everywhere. We'll be right back with your calls, 866-34-TRUTH. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on the Line of Fire today. So question for you. If you have not yet been vaccinated, but you were convinced that the vaccine long-term was completely safe and that it would likely protect you or potentially save other lives, would you then go out and get vaccinated? All right, 866-34-TRUTH. To the phones, we start with Robert in Mountain Home, Texas. What's your response, sir? Well, uh, Dr. Brown, uh, I, I think the, I may not fit the criteria uh, perfectly. Uh, one thing that needs to happen is uh, people are facing different pressures in different states, and they need to pray against the negative consequences of that vaccination. Uh, regardless of, I mean, they may not, it may not affect them negatively. Uh, there could be short-term issues or uh, long-term issues. I had a friend that ended up in cardiac ICU over his vaccination. Uh, but I faced this with children, you know, 30-plus uh, years ago, of whether or not to vaccinate or not to vaccinate on diseases that were, you know, no big deal for me. Uh and but then yet the pro-life issue comes in. Uh, I lost a position because to me the issue of, of aborted fetuses in, in the process has not mm-hmm. been satisfied to my uh, satisfaction. And uh, but what I'm doing is I'm, I'm praying against the consequences. Should I face pressures to get it? Uh, and that's what I was told by preachers, you know, 30 plus years ago about childhood, you know, at least pregnant. And, so, uh, so, yeah, so Robert, yeah, so let me ask this then. If you were completely satisfied that aborted fetuses were not used in the testing in any way in the manufacturing of a, vi- of, of a vaccine, the vaccine was 100% safe, you were sure of it, and would likely protect your life or, pre- or perhaps protect the lives of others, would you then go ahead and get vaccinated? At this point, no. Uh, okay. I'm not in the future, but I, not at this point. All right. Because government pressure or what? Well, just my lifestyle is not. I think it's highly unlikely that I would uh, affect somebody's life given my lifestyle. 
Uh, okay. Also, I don't have the comorbidities that, uh, you know, if I got it, you know, all of my friends that got it, it was nothing, you know, less than a uh, mild cold. Got it. And so I don't have, uh, you know, fears or whatever from, you know, for that. Got it. All right. Hey, well, you answered my questions. I, I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks so much for, for calling in. 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, we go to Brett in Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome to the line of fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to point out that a lot of people are calling this a vaccine, and I understand that you have to call it something if you wouldn't want to call it a shot, but uh, when I haven't really researched the entire, uh, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine, so I'm not rabid about this, but when I looked it up, it takes an average of seven years to produce a vaccine, <clears throat> and this is not a vaccine in the sense that it has, you know, approval. It right, right. Even aside from it's, it's not a vaccine in a, in a traditional sense uh, in terms of what a vaccine normally does. But again, just based on my hypothetical, okay, let's say we could push a button and somehow there's accelerated testing, etc. Is the reason that you're not vaccinated because you are concerned about whether it's really safe and effective, how much we really know about it? Is, is that your big issue or do you have another reason for, for not? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for me, it's dual. Uh, number one, uh, I'm over 60, uh, but not by very much. So my, uh, you know, I've got an over a 99% chance of survival if mm -hmm. I get it. And the unknowns with the, you know, vaccine as far as side effects, um, uh, it's, it's a kind of a combination of, of both of those. Got it. Um, if it. If it were a vaccine and I felt like that I was actively endangering others by not uh, getting it, then uh, I would lean more towards, I mean, if it was a, an approved vaccine. Right, right. Uh, you know, tested, tested, approved, right, trials that went yeah. on for years, etc. Got it. Uh, all clear. Hey, I, I appreciate that. Uh, look, there, there is a perception that people are just being bigoted, hateful, closed-minded, irrational, selfish, and that's why they're not getting vaccinated. There was a study released by MIT I saw over the weekend that said actually the, the people that are being interviewed and this is being discussed with, it, they, they have scientific reasons and scientific concerns. So look, some, are, some people don't like the government telling them what to do and restrict it. Who gave you the right to say, I can't go to work, I can't do this or that without being vaccinated? So I understand that pushback. Uh, and others just want to live their own lives, you know, in broader sense. But plenty of others have concerns about the, uh, the safety of it. You say, I know tons of friends were vaccinated, they're fine. Yeah, and then we've also heard the horror stories. I, my counsel, everyone, is do your research and make an informed decision. By all means, I want to practice love for my neighbor, and I want to be wise. I want to make informed decisions. That's what I encourage everyone to do. All right, a few more vaccine calls, then I want to go back to the subject of, 
of false prophets. And a few questions I've spotted on Facebook I want to respond to as well. But let's see. Uh, over to Matthew in San Francisco. What's your take, sir? Uh, yeah, how you doing? Um, my position, well, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine myself uh, seeing or believing that there would be absolutely no potential consequences from the so-called vaccine down the road. I don't put a lot of faith and trust in the medical establishment, and I have plenty of reasons for that personally mm -hmm. um, with my own experience. And, uh, let, let, let me just ask you this. In general, do you take uh, any, any medicines... I'm not talking about just an organic supplement of some vitamin, but do you take any medicines or get any other types of vaccines like flu shots or anything like that? No, typically no. Um, if I happen to have a headache, which would be on a rare uh, occasion that I should experience something like that, then I might take uh, some aspirin. Um, if I happen to have like, a, I've had issues before with like sinus um, uh, like uh, congestion or sinus uh, mm -hmm. uh, infection. Um, and then so I might, if it gets to be, you know, I'm miserable enough, I might uh, go and get antibiotics from uh, my doctor prescribing them. All right, uh, but you're, you're, your concern, though, is that, uh, forget my hypothetical, the reason that you haven't mm -hmm. done it, is that you don't think my hypothetical is realistic, that we could know for sure that the vaccine is safe. That's your biggest issue. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's in part. That's uh, in All right. part. And what's your other uh, issue then? What's your other issue? My other issue is just that uh, being a Christian, I like to keep the temple clean. I feel like adding foreign bodies into my bloodstream is kind of, kind of bizarre and unnecessary. Got it. So, and I understand that if people are saying, well, it may serve to protect others, that is kind of an area where it's like, well, God, I say, well, God's in control. If there should be a thinning of the herd and people that are not of his ilk happen to, you know, take to... Uh, being, well, yeah, tell you what, let me, let me just jump, jump in just for time's sake. When you start talking about thinning of the herd and people not of his ilk, you realize how dangerous that can sound and get. Hey, thinning of the herd of Jews in, in Europe during the days of the Nazis or thinning of whichever group we don't really like or thinning of what group we think is not favored by God. Uh, you may mean one thing by it, but that can be very, very dangerous talk. That's why I just want to jump in, as well as for time's sake. Uh, so let's, let's love our neighbor. Let's love our neighbor. If I knew, if I personally knew that for sure there were no long-term dangers, problems with the vaccine, for sure, and that it would help keep me safe and potentially keep others safe, of course I would do it. Why wouldn't I do it? If, if, if I was sure, of course I would. Now, if the government ordered you have to do X, Y, Z or else, that would give me pause for thought because I, I would say, okay, how, how far can the government rightfully go here? When is there overreach? But if I knew for a fact, yeah, it's, it's perfectly safe 
Other doctors that I know, top medical professionals saying, yeah, we're getting it because the ones that I've talked to aren't and haven't. But anyway, yeah, we're getting it absolutely perfectly safe. And Nancy researched it for months, said, yeah, I'm 100% sure, perfectly safe. And I could potentially help others, save other lives, whatever. Why wouldn't I do it? I'd have no objection. Now, at the same time, I do find it interesting that some of us are concerned about a vaccine, but put all kinds of junk into our bodies every day, you know, drink Coca-Cola and, and eat chocolate and buckets of ice cream and all kinds of fried foods and fatty stuff, which is absolutely guaranteed to do harm to our body. We do that, but we got a problem with the vaccine. That strikes me as hypocritical. <clears throat> I know it's, I'm not quite comparing apples to apples, but you get the picture here. Okay. Uh, let me grab one more call. Let's go to a Debbie in Johnson City, Tennessee. What's your take? Hi, Dr. Brown. Thank you so much for taking my call. And I just want to say what you just said, <laughs> I believe in wholeheartedly. Um, I've been a nurse for 38 years, and I'm trying to stick to your question of if it was completely safe, which I have doubts about that, but my take is I had COVID. I've worked in COVID units. I was in New York, and um, I did fine. I'm closer to the 60 age, so um, I did fine with it. So I believe in the immunity system that God gave us. God, hey, stay right there. That, in my simple question at the beginning is something that I should have built in. Debbie, I completely overlooked doing that. I should have said, if you haven't had it yet. Yeah, because obviously if you had it, that's the best best vaccination there is. Body's immune system, the way God designed it. All right, Debbie, stay right there. We'll get some other calls too. It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I started today's broadcast talking about the danger that can be done by the false prophetic spirit and false prophets. I saw a Facebook question. said a friend was asking, what about listening to Rob Bell or Joel Osteen? Rob Bell, to me, is clearly in the class of false teacher. In other words, he teaches destructive heresies. He does not in any way teach the gospel or hold to the gospel or the authority of Scripture. He's a heretic, deceiver, and leaving others into error. So unless you're studying heresy or trying to understand what people in the world are listening to, you ignore Rob Bell's teachings now. As for Joel Osteen, if you'll listen to a message where he gives an altar call. He does believe in salvation through Jesus, but I would say his message is deeply lacking in the uh, preaching of repentance and calling people to turn from sin. As far as I know, he is a brother in Jesus, but I believe his message is deeply lacking. If you watch or listen to him to be encouraged Lift it up. In other words, you're sound in the faith. You're strong in the word. You believe in holiness, repentance, but just find him very encouraging and uplifting and helping you be grateful and thankful and find a 
positive way to, to live and be kind to others. Well, you can get that from him. In other words, a positive Christian motivational speaker. But if that's your foundational diet, it's going to be terribly deficient. So I make a distinction between the two. But I find there to be danger if we do not have a strong foundation in repentance and holiness and purity out of intimacy with God, out of love for God. Okay, uh, back to the phones as we talk about the question of vaccines. So, Debbie, you've been a nurse 38 years. You were working with, with COVID patients in New York. You, you had COVID yourself, so you've got your natural immune system. So to you, that's, as you understand this, a nurse for 38 years, the best way to deal with these types of issues, correct? Correct. And what, what concerns do you have about the vaccine as someone within the medical profession? Uh, the concerns I have with it is the previous caller was stating it's not really a vaccine. It doesn't prevent the virus from happening. It lessens the symptoms. So to call it a vaccine is wrong. People have to understand they still may get sick. Maybe they won't get as sick. But as a professional and what I've seen, you know, in the past year is that most people were surviving it. The people that weren't surviving it, unfortunately, were those that had comorbidities like what you were speaking about. You know, I'm going to continue to eat crap and and think that I'm going to be okay by taking meds or putting other chemicals in my body to counteract that. And it's like a car crash waiting to happen. Um, Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I wish we were going door to door, encouraging good health and taking care of this amazing body that God gave us. Because, you know, I spent many years abusing it, and once I got back on track, I I don't want to add any anything back to it that might, you know. Got it. All clear. <laughs> might hey, problems, and and that's what I want for other people too. <laughs> got it. Hey, Debbie, and and thanks for thanks for your service in the medical profession. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's a. Um, uh, username Psalm 63 making this comment which others are saying the same thing even if it were 100% safe it is gene therapy you're injecting a synthetic code to program your cells to do something God did not design them to do now people can debate that scientifically it is it isn't that's a scientific discussion in other words this is not just believing the latest conspiracy theory that came down the pike and, and Elvis is still alive and Joe Biden is a shapeshifter. He's not really the president. No, this is, this is a scientific discussion that's being had that needs to be had seriously, right? Uh, all right, let's go over to Eric in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome to the line of fire. Hi. Yeah, it's a, interesting point you bring up today. I was just reading that uh, there's quite a bit of talk going on right now about uh, trying to mandate the taking of the the vaccine. Um, So your question about the vaccine of whether or not I would take it, basically if I trusted it, if there was enough information that I had that I trusted the vaccine completely, would I take it? Uh, And the answer to that is probably I would. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, you know, not long ago, three or four months ago, I uh, went into the doctor for a checkup and thought I needed a tetanus vaccine, so I did take that. But there's something about this uh, this vaccine that doesn't sit right with my spirit, 
um, mm-hmm. about in fact about the whole about the whole um, virus, the whole outbreak of the virus. So many things, so much confusion, and um, things regarding it. But really, this doesn't sit right with my spirit. The whole thing, and so I don't know that I could be brought to a point where I completely trusted it. Got it. Um, no, I, I, Eric, I, I appreciate you being honest. And look, we don't really know who to trust right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. it was the Trump administration, the Biden administration, the CDC, the, the WHO, the local dot, we, whose opinion? You know, if someone helps, you know, uh, works on the vaccine and says, no, don't take it. It's not, you know, different, different medical professionals and scholars at different universities with questions. Look, this much we know, uh, something very deadly hit the planet, whatever the origins, however it spread, we know something deadly hit the planet. Many of us know people that were taken out by this, friends or family members. And uh, there was a massive effort to come up with a quick response. But there's a reason that things go through years of testing in the medical profession. Now, some is just money. And in other words, you got to jump through enough hoops to spend a billion dollars before you're, you're your medication is going to be approved. So there's a lot of junk in there too. But there are other things where you just got to keep doing clinical tests for years and years and then say, okay, this works, this doesn't, etc. Hey, Eric, thank you for the call. Hey, one thing that I want to go back to the phones, another comment on Facebook asking, doesn't a false prophetic spirit do just as much harm as false prophets? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm talking about it. In other words, you have the people that are blatant, false teachers, false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing, deceiving the the sheep, themselves not believers. But then you have the the false prophetic mindset, attitude, style of preaching, teaching, which can come in the body among true believers, and yes, can be just as dangerous for sure. In fact, um, let's go over to Anthony. No, we won't go to Anthony in Knoxville. Um, Tell you what, let, let's look at this passage in Ezekiel 13. I'm going to end with Scripture. I'm going to go back to Scripture. But, but thank you for calling, weighing in, sharing your perspective. And obviously, people have questions. And when someone in the government says, you must put this in your body or you can't go to work or you must put this in your body, it's like I, when, when you're just reading now about fully vaccinated people, a fully vaccinated gymnast from America in Tokyo now has COVID. Some of the Democrats that, that fled Texas so as to, to not vote on a voter integrity issue, uh, fully vaccinated, they have COVID now. Within Israel, they're having issues now with one of the vaccines in particular and, and the Delta variant of COVID from, from India. So there are just lots of questions that people have. And the idea that you're going to put someone under pressure to put something in their own body or in their children's body, that's problematic. So let's get data. Make informed decisions as best as you can. Be a good steward over your body, love your neighbor, and make informed decisions. All right, so Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. In this passage, the prophet is, is warning O Israel, your prophets have been like jackals among ruins. You have not gone up into the breaches and repaired the walls for the house of Israel. 
to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have prophesied emptiness and predicted falsely who say, the Lord says, the Lord has not sent them, yet they hope for confirmation of their word. So what does it mean you've been like jackals among the ruins? You see, a true prophet would climb into a hole in the wall, spiritually speaking. End of Ezekiel 22, God looking for someone that would stand in the gap, climb into the breach. Uh, So we'll step back from this text. Let, Let me just give the picture, all right? You've got a a hole in the wall. The city walls protect you from the attack of the enemy. Enemy troops are coming. And because the people have been lazy, because the economy has been down, there's been neglect, there are holes in the wall. Well, enemy can get right through those holes. So what does the brave warrior do? The brave warrior climbs into the hole on the wall and basically tells the enemy, you can't get to the people except through me. And then, then... That courageous person, as soon as there's opportunity, come on, come on, we got to fill in the wall, we got to build up the wall. That's what true prophets would do. They, they go into the breach. That's what makes the ministry so intense. They, they go into the breach. They climb into the gap, spiritually speaking, and, and cry out to God to withhold his wrath, pray for mercy, and then turn to the people and say, you need to repent. That's how they stand in between. And then they say, come on, let's build up the wall. Let's, let's repair the wall. Let's spiritually, morally get right. But the false prophets are like jackals in the ruins. They just make the breaches bigger. They make the holes deeper and worse. That is a terrible danger of the false prophetic spirit. Be on your guard. Another program powered by the Truth Network.